What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with my good friend, my partner in crime, the man who actually everybody comes on here to see, <laughs> Mr. Jeremiah Stringer. How are we doing, man? Doing great. I'm the friend, everybody. Welcome to the show. You're not just the friend. You're the star of the show. Oh, thanks. Thanks, you're John. You're the left beard. You're the left beard in our logo. So you're the one everybody's here to see, man. How are you doing? Dude. I am doing fantastic. Just got done at the gym. I went and played basketball for like two hours, and then I ran home, showered real quick, and ate dinner. And then wouldn't you know it, it is time for another live stream episode of the Backpacking Podcast. I tell you, man, there's nothing like doing this live stream. Nothing in the world like doing it. That's all I got to say. And and everybody's already noticing he's got the big hair tonight. (laughs) I did blow dry it after I got out of the shower. Maybe I uh, got a little volume tonight. A little bit. Well, hey, man, so I went I went to the Red River Gorge this weekend. Yeah, how did was that? Did a little that? overnight backpacking trip. And the first day we decided to go out to Copperas Falls, which is this really cool waterfall. It's like a six-mile hike. It's nothing real long or anything. And we're walking out there with my buddy Josh, who you've met. Mm-hmm. And we get two-thirds of the way to the falls, and he starts feeling around in his pockets. And he goes, I dropped my wallet. No. We're like, what? So, so we go to the, we go ahead and go to the falls because it might as well because we're gonna walk back anyways because it's an out and back. Right. So we go out, we go to the falls, we walk back, we do not find his wallet anywhere. So we go to our campsite for the night, we spend the night, and we get up the next morning. Let's go hike it again. <laughs> we're finding the wallet. Guess what? Never found it. We never found the wallet. <laughs> no, no, it was no good, man. But something uh, really cool happened later on. I guess it was yesterday. Uh, Somebody texted him uh, through uh, or messaged him through Facebook and said, hey, man, I found your wallet in the Red River Gorge. I live in Louisville. Uh, Do you want me to send this to you? And so now this guy found his wallet. and He's actually going to send him his wallet, which proves what I've said all along. Hikers are the coolest people on the planet. Yes, almost exclusively cool. Exactly. Exclusively cool, man. I almost couldn't get that out. For a second there. It's like, what is English again? But hey, before we get going with the rest of the show, let's say a big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, and that's Outdoor Beards. Outdoor Beards has been our sponsor from the beginning. They were our very first sponsors, and we are so thankful for them. Uh, Jeremiah, I'm thankful for them because this beautiful thing that's growing off of my face doesn't look like a dead raccoon. It looks like a beard, and it's all because of Outdoor Beards and the beard balm that I've been using of theirs. You know, I always talk about the uh, the the one that smells like coffee, but I've got another mm-hmm. one I like called On the Rocks. Uh-huh. It's got a little scent of whiskey to it. Ooh. It's a nice smell, man. Yeah, it's nice. I like using it. Uh, it's just a little change of pace from the typical chocolate coffee scent that my wife likes so much. Uh-huh. Uh, what about you, man? What is it you like using? Well, I am here to show for those people watching, it doesn't matter what your beard looks like. Outdoor Beards is applicable to all shapes and sizes, completely diverse. And uh, I have mine trimmed. <laughs> yeah, I have mine trimmed pretty close right now. And uh, I've been using the oils. And I wanted to just mention a few of the different scents that you could try out. Lost in the Woods, if you want to smell real manly. Something sweet, it's kind of chocolatey, strawberry. Or Under the Stars. Or maybe you don't want a scent. Maybe uh, you got a sensitive nose. By the Unscented. You can check them out all at OutdoorBeards.com. They have all kinds of different products, so we want to say a huge thank you to Outdoor Beards for continuing to sponsor episodes with us. We'll continue to work with them in the future. 
Absolutely. And one real quick thing. This this comment just popped up, and I have to show it. Uh, Gary Barry, I met him this weekend at the Gorge, him and his wife. Really cool folks, man. That guy knows the Red River Gorge like the back of his hand. I'm not kidding you. He was talking about stuff, and there were a few of them. I'm like, yeah, I know where that is. I know where that is. And he named some things, and I'm going, I feel like I don't even live in Kentucky at this point. <laughs> like, this guy knows the Gorge. So it's really cool to get to meet him and his wife this weekend. Uh, but now – that's enough of all the intro talking, sponsorship stuff. That's all good. But we have an incredible guest tonight. Oh, yeah. Incredible guest tonight. I'm excited. Is, oh, man. This is somebody who quite literally, um, I'm a fan, and and it's not for a reason that has anything to do with hiking. And we're going we're gonna <laughs> to talk about that in a little bit. But I'm a huge fan of Kelly Hayes. Uh, she's going to be on here tonight and she's going to talk all about this AT through hike she's done and she's getting ready to do another one. So, uh, instead of talking about her, why don't we just bring this young lady up on the screen right now? Miss Kelly Hayes, how are you? Hello, everybody. Y'all are going to make me blush. Well, thank you so much for having me tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, Kelly, I have to tell you something. You and I have something in common. What's that? We are both big Michael Jordan fans. Oh my gosh! Well, oh, there it is, right? You can see, I have a life size uh, cutout of him in my room right here. <laughs> That's Love awesome. <laughs> I have to know, Kelly. You're in your tw your late twenties, right? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're you're young enough that we can still talk about your age. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so how are you such a huge Michael Jordan fan, being twenty nine years old, when he probably wasn't playing? That like he was in his latter years when you probably started watching him play. I I watched a few Wizards games um, that I remember, but uh, yeah, I I always say I was born in the wrong time because I would have loved to watch him in his prime. That would have been awesome. But my whole family's from Chicago, so I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I, we lived there till I was like five, but that was like the height. I was born in 93. So like, this is the height of Michael Jordan's career. And so my dad was a huge Michael Jordan fan. We'd have watch parties at our house. I have like girls grew up with like Barbies and stuff. I had like a Michael Jordan mini basketball hoop and like signed Michael Jordan, little plastic ball. Like that's how it was. And so my dad actually recorded every game on VHS. And when I started really getting, I played college basketball and loved basketball growing up. So when I started getting to basketball, we put those VHSs in and watch him play. And I, yeah, that's my, that's my guy. Okay. <laughs> so, so who's better? Michael or LeBron? This is not even a discussion. <laughs> Thank you. Not Thank even you. a discussion. We're not even going to have this discussion. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So now, now we'll get over. I had to get that out at the beginning. Yes. Because I don't know where, I think you, I think I follow, I started, we, we did a, a Christmas giveaway thing. The I think Christmas both of us giveaway. are part of that giveaway. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to follow everybody who was in the giveaway and I followed you on Instagram and it popped up. I think Michael Jordan's birthday. <laughs> You you posted something on Michael Jordan's birthday, and that's when I was like, "Wait a second, what's up with this Kelly Hayes girl?" Yeah, I, I got to find out about this girl, and so so that's just awesome. So I had to get that out of the way. Oh, um, that's awesome. Now, uh, something we want to do because you're new to the show, um, <laughs> we'll let you know some things that we do on this show. One of the things that you're going to see across the bottom of the screen is something we call the fake news ticker, and it's going right now. And whatever's on the bottom there, just ignore it. It's complete nothingness and, and nonsense, <laughs> but it makes people laugh, so it goes on there. Uh, the other thing we do is we want to get to know you better. 
So we want to do a little pop quiz to see how much you know about through hiking because you've through hiked the AT and Jeremiah has through hiked the long trail up in Vermont. So we're going to have a little quiz here to find out who's the smarter through hiker, you or Jeremiah. Okay. Now we all know the answer to you, <laughs> but we're still going to do the quiz anyway. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We're still going to do the quiz anyway. Now the rules with this is real simple. You don't have to do anything. Just stay as you are. Jeremiah, you have to take your headphones off because I don't want you copying her answers, trying to sound smarter than you are. So you've got to take the headphones off so that we can do this. Okay. All right. Just give me a thumbs up whenever I'm ready to take my turn. You got it, man. All right. You got it. I'm nervous. Okay. Well, here we go. It's time for the pop quiz. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, just basic questions about backpacking. And the first question you probably don't know the answer for, but you might. I don't know if Jeremiah even knows the answer to this, but we're going to ask it anyways. How much does the MSR Groundhog mini steak weigh? How much does one of those steaks weigh? Oh, gosh. I'm not an ultralight gram nerd, but I'm going to say, ooh, I have no idea. Uh, 12 grams. 12 grams. Okay, perfect. How many servings are there in the typical $1 Nor pasta side? Oh, really? I never ate Nor pasta sides. Uh, oh, wow. Great. This is a good I know. Question. Well, I did at the end, but James bought them and made them. Let me see. I'm going to say two. Two. Okay. Uh, 2.5. You... Two... Well, you're going to go with 2.5. Now, we're not talking the rice sides. We're talking the pasta sides. There's a difference. Oh, there's a difference. Okay, yeah. well, I'm still going to go with 2.5. 2.5, okay. All right, the next question is, what does your base weight need to be at or under to be considered ultra light by most people? Um, 10 pounds. Okay. And what is the most popular water filter on the AT? I would say Sawyer Squeeze. Okay. And the last question, this is a, this is a good one. Who is the oldest person to thru-hike the AT? Nimblewell Nomad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Jeremiah, go ahead and uh, here's your thumbs up, man. Go ahead and put those headphones back on. All right, Jeremiah, you're in trouble. Uh-oh. You're in trouble. I hope you can get these right, man. I hope you can get these right. Are you ready for the questions? Oh, I have never been more prepared for anything in my entire life than this pop quiz. All right, here we go. First question. How much does the MSR Groundhog mini steak weigh in grams? In grams? Yes. 17 grams. 17 grams. Okay. How many servings are there in the typical $1 Nor pasta side? Two servings. Two servings. All right. What does your base weight need to be at or under to be considered ultralight in most circles? Eight pounds. Under eight pounds. Not at eight. Under eight pounds. Has to be under. Not at. Wow. Okay. Write that down. I, I I just did. Live by. Uh, what is uh what is the most popular water filter on the AT? The Sawyer Squeeze full size, not the mini, not the micro. Well, it's just called the Sawyer Squeeze. There's the, like no full size. <laughs> like you're just making things up now. So I'm trying to sound sophisticated here, John. <laughs> Whatever works for you, bro. Okay, so who is the oldest person to through hike the AT? Uh oh, he just done it this year. It's not Dale Sanders, but it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this question. I don't think she got it either. A pass on this question. 
Wow. Okay, so let's go through the answers real quick. The first question was, how much does the MSR Groundhog mini steak weigh in grams? The answer is 10. Oh. And Kelly said 12. You said 17. Kelly gets the check mark yeah. on that one. <laughs> so the next one. How many servings are there in a typical $1 nor side? And I specifically said the $1 nor pasta side. If it's a rice side, it's two and a half servings. If it's a That's pasta good. side, it's one. Really? Unfortunately, Kelly said two and a half. Jeremiah, you said two, so you actually get a check mark this time. Oh, get prices rotted. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So the next question. In most circles, and this is the important part, what does your base weight need to be at or under to be considered ultralight in most circles? And the answer, Jeremiah, is 10, which Kelly answered correctly, which means she gets the check mark on that one. Okay. Now, the next one I knew you both would get the answer for. I had to have one really easy one on here, and that was what's the most popular water filter on the AT. Everybody knows it's a Sawyer squeeze, so you both got to push on that one. That's an equal. But, Jeremiah, you, my friend, underestimate the knowledge of one Miss Kelly Hayes. <laughs> because when I asked who is the oldest person to through-hike the AT, she immediately said, Nimble Will Nomad. For the win, Kelly Hayes, the smarter three-hiker, nailing it this week for us. There's a reason you're our guest tonight. Oh, there's a reason. There's I'll give reason. you. I'll give her a golf clap for that. Nice little golf clap. Good game, Jeremiah. Good game. Yeah, Good GG, game. GG. So at I, least she doesn't trash talk like Michael Jordan did. <laughs> she'd be tearing you up right now. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She's definitely more prepared than me and definitely more I, I can't say much because I just took some lucky guesses there. <laughs> well, that makes two of you don't have to. You don't have to be nice. Just be honest. You knew the answers. You knew what they were. I always I'm just, <laughs> you just say stuff with confidence. Sometimes people believe you. Most of the time they believe you. You could just be lying <laughs> to their face. They'd never know. <laughs> this is true. So I wanted to ask you uh, about hiking and backpacking. Okay. So I would like, if we can, to start before your through hike of the AT. And um, I'm curious, did you always grow up in the woods or did you just discover backpacking and decide you'd, uh, you want to do the AT? How did that kind of come about? Yeah, so I said I was born in like in the suburbs of Chicago, but we moved to Arkansas when I was like five in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So I've grown up in Arkansas my whole life and we're the natural state for a reason. There's trails everywhere. And when we first moved here, my parents took us to a few and I just fell in love. I loved it. And I've been hiking on the weekends as long as I can remember local trails here and there. And most recent or like, you know, the past like four or five years uh, traveling, you know, northwest Arkansas, down in the Washita, stuff like that. But basically long story short one day me and my friends wanted to go hiking at our favorite state park petty jean which is about 45 minutes from where i live and we normally did this like one and a half mile trail to a waterfall but we decided we wanted to do something different so we found a trail it was like 12 mile loop around the park and we're like oh let's do something super crazy and hike this whole 12 mile trail in one day and then we like booked a campsite at the park and we were going to camp there afterwards. So we set off. It took us all day to do these 12 miles. And after that, I was like, 
dang, that was fun. What if we could do 15 miles in one day? What if we could do 20? And so that kind of like got me researching, looking up trails. But then I was like, what if I took it a step for- further and slept in the woods and care, you know, backpacked? And I don't know why I'd never been backpacking before or whatever. I guess none of my friends had been, were really into that. We just, everybody just did day hikes. And so that's when I started researching backpacking, going down that rabbit hole. And that's when I found the AT, thanks to Miss Dixie, Homemade Wonderlust. I found her on YouTube. Isn't that like everybody's like... It's like, literally everybody's all, story. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many like, people she's inspired to hike the trail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she's awesome. And I watched that whole AT, her whole AT series like in a day. I mean, I binge watched wow. that, that thing. Yeah. So... uh Shortly after that, I think the next day I went to my life. All this happened so quick. I went to the library the next day. I bought a book about gear, learned everything I could. I went to REI, bought my first backpack, and then I just went from there. And I'm like, what was your first backpack? What was your first backpack? It was a Osprey Wren. I think it's 50 liter, very bottom of the barrel pack. It was like 120 bucks. Um, But it was good pack. I mean, Osprey make good packs, and I was actually going to take that on the AT until Waymark reached out to me, and I'm I used their um, light pack. But uh, yeah, I just slowly picked up my gear, and uh, I was a broke college kid at the time, working like four jobs. So gear was. I quickly learned that backpacking is not a cheap sport. <laughs> at all i was like oh you know i like hiking it's cheap you just walk in the woods and then you start buying gear and you're like oh this is expensive but anyway that's how i got into it and the worst part is it's not that the gear is expensive it's that you always want more gear oh and and like better gear yeah and then it becomes really expensive yeah, I, is, are you in your gear room? I think I see. Is there a Waymark pack back there? Oh, there's a bunch of stuff behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm starting to acquire too. I got like three of everything now. My wife just shakes her head every time another box shows up at the house. That's all I got to say. <laughs> just shakes her head. Yeah. So you started doing the the Appalachian Trail, mm. and uh, I was watching your videos, and it looked like. I don't know. It just seems like the first little bit just kills so many people and they have to leave the trail and leave forever. But I saw that you had to leave the trail, but not forever. Can can you share with the people that don't know this story kind of what happened? Why did you have to leave the trail? Yeah, so I feel like I've told this story a million times. <clears throat> I feel like everybody on the face of the planet knows this story, but uh, the sixth day I was on trail, I'm like living my best life. Like I six day on trail. I'm feeling it. I'm, this is going to be the best six months of my life. Wake up in the most excruciating pain and it just keeps getting worse. And I go to the privy. I think I just have to, uh, take a deuce. I don't, I can't. And I'm like, what is going on? And I thought for a long time, I just had like trapped gas in my stomach, but then I started throwing up and I threw up like 20 times i had like a walmart bag filled with just liquid um so that's when i was like okay something's wrong uh ended up hiking back southbound to hog pen gap that was four and a half miles and uh got a shuttle to the hospital after being there all day and uh, after ct and ultrasound 
morphine, Dilaudid. I mean, you name it. They, I, they put it in me and uh, they came in and said, you're about to have emergency surgery. You have an ovarian cyst and it is ovarian. It's an ovarian torsion. So it was like twisted around. Basically my ovary was about to explode in my stomach and (laughs) it yeah. And at this point I'm like, I don't even remember it. I was like screaming in pain. I knew I was scaring people, but I was in so much pain. And from the time the doctor came in and said, you're having surgery, it wasn't 10 minutes later. I was upstairs on that operating table and I ended up getting my entire ovary cut out. They couldn't save it. But luckily ovaries are like kidneys. You only need one. Um, so, uh, even though I don't really want kids, I could still have them if I wanted to. And, um, it produces all the hormones and stuff that I need. Um, but yeah, so that took me off trail for like three weeks and it was three weeks on the dot. I was back on trail. So I didn't, I didn't, I kind of pushed it. (laughs) Wow. But I think when you, when you love something that much, you just want to get back to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would you say that that having been an athlete in college probably helped you a little bit too with the hiking? Oh man, um, I attribute my bas- playing basketball and sports to so much because so much of everything in life is mental, and you learn that a lot in sports. Even though people think it's it's a you know sports are a huge physical feat, which they are, but the mental game is what gets you through everything. And so, yeah, I I would definitely say, you know, I think it just instilled in me to, you know, perse- perseverance, dedication, all those things were because of playing p- playing basketball growing up. So I'll bet. Well, yeah. real quick, we got a we've got uh, someone on here that says that I am such a great fan, and congratulations on your feet on conquering the AT. I live in San Diego and would love to see you off on the PCT. So oh, cool. at San Diego. That's very nice. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We got our flights booked to San Diego and uh, me and Toasty. He's a guy I met on trail. Who's also my boyfriend. Now um, we're starting, <laughs> <laughs> we're starting the PCT and flying into San Diego. I've never been there before and we don't really have a plan yet. What we're going to do <laughs> after we get to San Diego. But uh, yeah, that'd be cool. You feel like yeah, more some, of a, a free spirit now since you already done the AT. You're just like, ah, I'll just go on to the PCT. I'll just wing pick, it. Yeah. I'll just show up and see what happens. There you go. <laughs> It'll work out. Oh, Brooke Berry's on here and says, my girls love you and oh. look at you as a role model. So thank you for what you do. So, Oh, that is so sweet. And there are already people. You, you started it, just so you know. Poop, Poop talk, talk already. Everybody's excited. <laughs> And when you started talking about gas, one of the guys goes, gas, gear acquisition syndrome. It's real. It's real. Oh, my gosh. So, so do we – y'all talk about poop every week on here? If we don't, we have a we have a complete, utter, like – It's a mutant. Mass chaos. That's all I'm going to say. It's like the world's coming to an end. Everybody loses their minds. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. It's just, it's just craziness. So That's you awesome. started it this week, so everybody's going to be happy pretty much from here on. Yes. the rest of this thing so i'm always down to talk about poop now let's let's talk about this pct thing coming up okay how yeah. like so are are you considering the whole triple crown thing or is this just i just want to do the pct yes i would love to triple crown um the pct though that i never 
I didn't know what I was doing. I, I knew I wanted to hike the AT and that's it. I didn't really put any expectations beyond that. I knew in the back of my mind, you know, if the AT through hike went well and I really, you know, I'd never through hiked anything before. So if I liked it, then, you know, triple crown could be a goal. But I actually lived in California for three months before starting the Appalachian Trail. I was working at a COVID pop-up hospital as a registered dietitian out there. And that's when I actually, I did a little day hike on the PCT. And that's when, as when I, it was the Whitewater Preserve section of the PCT. We just did a short little few mile section out and back. And I stepped foot on that trail and I was like this. It, it just takes your breath away. It's like nothing you see out on the East Coast, nothing you see in the South. I mean, it's just like, it looks fake. And I hadn't even started the AT yet, but I was like, I'm doing this trail next. Mark my words, I'm doing this trail next. So that's when that dream started. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, big thank you real quick to Brooke Berry. Thank you. $50. Ooh, that's a heck yeah. huge gift. You are awesome. Thank you oh. so much. Uh, so... What is it? And I'm I'm assuming you've looked over the PCT and like where the high high spots are and all the great. What's the area of the PCT you're looking forward to the most? Oh man! So really and truly, I so when I did that through that day hike in California, I actually bought the PCT gut hooks like the entire thing, and so when I applied for the permit and stuff and we started kind of planning it i was going i went on gut hooks to buy the the trail map to start looking at it and i realized oh my gosh i already purchased this so this was definitely supposed to happen um i've kind of looked through that and i just i'm like one of those people i guess for the at i knew kind of what was coming because i watched so many vlogs you know for the PCT, I kind of want more of a su surprise. Like, I want to not know what's ahead of me and just be surprised every day. But I know that there are some hot springs that are relatively, like, close to the beginning. And I love hot springs. I, one day I'm going to, if I'm not through hiking one year, I'm going to hop in my van and just, like, go find a bunch of hot springs and, and do that for a year. So I'm really excited for, for the hot springs. Right, so, Jeremiah and I were actually talking about you before this whole thing, like, and Jeremiah brought up the van life. Um, yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the van life for you. Yeah. So when I was working that California contract, uh, it I was only supposed to be up there for like 16 weeks. Well, the contract ended up getting extended, and I worked like an extra three months, and so, um, I was like, okay, I can afford to buy a van now because this is like one of my life goals is to buy a van and live in it. And I f was looking on Facebook Marketplace and out west, the vans are super expensive. They're like, I mean, $200,000, especially what? now. But I was Man. scoping the market every day. Uh, I was looking at Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Uh, there was another website I was on. But I found this van and it was in St. George, Utah, and it was for a really good price. It was already converted. And I talked to this girl for like a month. I didn't know if it was going to go through, but it ended up working out. So I drove up there, got that van, and I lived in it for like the last three months of my contract in California and then drove it home. And then it sat at my parents' house the whole time that I was at, you know, doing the trail. Um, but then I got another contract in January as a traveling dietitian in Richmond and I took the van out there, but Richmond's more of like a, you know, city and there wasn't very many campgrounds. 
And so I ended up renting an apartment, but I did take the van out on some weekend adventures. And so, and then I've been, I've been back home. I actually just got back from Florida. I took the van out there and did some van stuff with that. Um, but I think like once I finish through hiking, I'm going to focus on the van. There's stuff I want to fix on it and do, but I can't justify doing it right now. Cause I'm like, well, I'm going to be gone for another six months. So I don't really want to put money there yet, but uh, I am definitely excited to get into that van life stuff. Wow. The van life. You're the second guest that we talked to about the, the van life. And he was actually out doing a section of the PCT. And it always makes me so curious because I mentioned this before on the podcast, but my, my wife, um, we're like, well, I could definitely see like kind of doing a hybrid van life AT through hike. We don't have kids yet either, but I was like, she doesn't love backpacking. And that could kind of be an in-between, almost like a supported hike. Mm-hmm. but your van life, you mostly use it at campgrounds and that kind of stuff just whenever you're working? Yeah, it just kind of depends. Um, I actually did the last 200 miles of my through hike with the van, and we flip-flop cars, so we would be out for like a couple days, and we'd find a place to park the van, and then we'd camp in it, so that worked really well, and that was, we didn't stay at any campground then. We just found stealth camps. I use an app called iOverlander where you can find places to park, Um, but when I was in Virginia on the weekends, we were going like national parks. So I did pay to camp there, but I also went on a van life, little van camping trip here in Arkansas in the national forest, the Washington national forest and at national forest, you can park for free. And so I mostly try to find places I can park for free, but if it's like in an area with um, a cool campground or something, then I'll, I'll pay to park. So you'd prefer sleeping in the van over in the tent? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. If I'm through hiking, I want to I want to live outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I know I'm going out to like van camp, you know, then I'm in that state of mind. So then it's cool. But um, the last two hundred miles, I I don't know how many nights we were. I don't think we were only in the van for like through four or five nights and then we camped the rest of the way but that was nice because it was super cold throughout the smokies and i hate the cold Mm. so that was like i was ready to get to the van when it was like 20 degrees out (laughs) i believe it so van camp talk to me about that for is that a thing van camping no like like it almost sounded like there was like this place this magical place where all these vans come together for like van camp or something Oh no, I, I'm oh. just I'm just like I don't want to say van life because I'm not like really van lifing it, but nah, I just gotcha. I just say like I van camp instead of like car camping or whatever. This was starting to sound like some kind of a Disney movie or something. Instead of band camp, it was van camp, and I'm going, what, what is what is she talking about? I'm not even sure I get what's going on right now. But okay, I'm good now. I'm good. All right. Now, you mentioned uh, like you didn't love the cold, and yeah. watching some of your videos of your AT through hike. There, it was pretty evident, you know, you'd have your puffy on and stuff. You'd be like, I am so cold out here. But whenever you're sleeping at night, I'm curious about, like, your gear. So, like, your sleeping bag or your quilt that you were using and then the mm-hmm. pad. Did you have any miserable nights that were just like, I'm going to have to layer up here. My pad is just not rated for this weather. My sleeping bag. What did you use and then what was that experience like? Yeah, so I started off on the trail with a Kelty sign. 19 degree 
down sleeping bag. And it was a, it was one of those, it was like on sale at REI. I think I paid under $200 for it. So it wasn't like a top of the line bag. And Kelty's just kind of, you know, one of those big companies that cranks out bags like that. And I used that at the beginning of the trail. And the first night I came back from my surgery, I think I was just all out of sorts. My hormones were wacky. You know, I had been taking pain medicine and it was cold that night. And my body wasn't really regulating my temperature very well. And we camped kind of on top of this hill. And I had that Kelty sleeping bag. And I had the worst night on trail. I Mm. was cold, freezing cold. I didn't sleep all night. And that is that night was all it took for me to invest in a better sleeping bag. And when I first started backpacking, I looked at back sleeping bags and people were paying like $500 for sleeping bags. That was, ah, is the most craziest thing I've ever heard in my whole entire life. I will never do that. And then I ordered myself a almost, it wasn't $500, but it was up there from Enlightened Equipment. And it was a 20 degree. I got 950 fill, extra wide got a collar on it. It was, and I got the quilt cause I had a sleep, a mummy sleeping bag and I mm-hmm. hated it cause I felt claustrophobic in it. So I wanted to get the quilt and it was one of the best gear updates I did on trail. I never got cold in that thing. When I went back and camped in the Smokies, it got down to like 19 degrees one night and I was toasty warm wow. in that sleeping bag. And did it's you crazy. Get the, did you get the revelation or the enigma? I got the revelation. Revelation. I've got the same one. Yeah, 22 ounces, you cannot beat it. And you put that thing on, you can feel heat radiating from it. Like, it is so nice. I love that thing. Um, so I used that for my sleeping bag or quilt. And then I had a Nemo Tensor 20R sleeping pad, blow-up sleeping pad. And that's rated for like 30 to 40 degrees. I never got cold on that thing either. I put my one-inch, one-eighth inch foam Mountain Laurel Designs pad under that. And that would help it from sliding around in my tent and it didn't have noise. So, but I think that added also a little bit of warmth. And I also used a Sea to Summit silk sheet liner. Mm-hmm. And I think that did add at least five or 10 degrees of warmth as well. Um, so that was kind of my sleep setup. But there were nights that even with all that, I slept with my puffy on. And I also forgot to say, that uh, on during the Smokies, I was so worried about being cold. I bought these down pants on Amazon mm. and these down booties, and they were pretty good price, but those kept me so warm. I I'll love bet. those things. Yeah. We're both fans of the down booties, like yeah, hundred percent. Okay, changer. so so the the van van camp is now trending on the comments. <laughs> We've got there was that one time at van camp. <laughs> at um, <laughs> I think it's called Burning Man Festival. Um, oh, yeah. My van actually went to Burning Man Festival. The girl that sold it to me had been like three years in my van. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then hiking is all fun and games until you're living in a van down by the river. So, uh, <laughs> van camp made its made its uh, impression apparently on everybody today. That's funny. Yeah, you mentioned that, uh, that night, your first night back just a couple minutes ago. And mm-hmm. from what I saw, and we alluded to it a little bit earlier with the mental side of things and playing athletics or playing sports and stuff. Now, it looked like mentally there was something that just was not lining up and it was very stressful. And I don't think that you mentioned that you had a panic attack. And yes. take, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. 
before then, but that's some pretty scary stuff, you know? So what, what was all that like? Yeah. So I get back on trail and I'm like the happiest person throughout the day. I was going to, I met up back with my trail family, Stephanie and Mighty Mouse or Tupac and Mighty Mouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've been on trail for a month now together. So I met up with them at night and it was great and all, but I just kind of felt a little out of place because they, you know, I really and truly had only known them for like a couple days before mm. and they are like, they knew each other. They have everything down. So I just kind of felt like this outsider, like coming in. And then, mm. so I kind of went to sleep feeling a little uneasy about that. And then I also, I did underestimate like the mental part of it. Cause I thought I was ready, but I got out there and I got in my tent and I had like flashbacks from, when I got hurt and it was, I mean, it was such a scary occurrence. Like the whole thing was so scary and it was like my worst nightmare coming, coming true. And so I really had to like deal with those demons and face them straight on that night. And so the next morning I literally spent the entire morning just praying and, you know, asking God to help me through this situation because I, I wasn't, I knew I still needed to get right mentally. And I don't know, I get emotional just thinking about it because I was, I was really distraught and I was also dealing with vertigo, vertigo, this like random vertigo stuff started happening. So I was worried. I was like, I, what if I came out too soon? You know, I did rush it. I came out three weeks later and, and then I'd get on YouTube and cause I, I, posted the videos shortly after and they're like oh you're gonna get a hernia you know all these people commenting you're gonna get a hernia you're out there too soon you're gonna hurt yourself blah 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 and when you're at a weak mental state and you read those comments you know sometimes they they do get to you so I was just like oh my gosh but I made it through yeah it's it's amazing how much uh especially when you're not feeling great like it's almost as though all the good comments don't exist I know I hate that it really is. You just kind of get focused on all the bad. You can have a hundred good comments and one stinking person can say something ugly. And it just like that one comment will like eat at you sometimes. But, yep. and I tell people all the time, if you want to do this YouTube thing, you better have tough skin. Cause I usually like screenshot my mean comments because they're kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I would, a few of those. That's, that I, we'd funny. sit by the campfire at night and I'd read my mean comments and we'd all laugh at them. But uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes they do catch you off guard and you're like, yeah, you feel like well, that uh, YouTube was a pretty big pressure while you're out there too, because I know that like editing videos on trail and stuff, it kind of sucks because it, yeah. it pulls you away from the community. And I know that you, right. you know, you hop back ahead and uh, you know finish that part of the trail later on so you could stay with your trail family. But YouTube, it's like a time suck when it comes to actually being on trail. Right, and I was keeping up with editing there for a while but once I got to like the whites I was taking so much video I mean like almost two hours worth of video every day and so editing became such a long process mm -hmm. and that's when I decided I'm I'm not going to edit anymore on trail and I'm going to just do this when I get home because it would take away you're like, like you're right it would take away like my everybody all of my trail family would be sitting by the campfire and hanging out and I'd be in the corner over here editing and it does take away from the experience sometimes and like I wanted to enjoy every moment and yeah I got a lot of slack for that um 
people were like, I don't know, like felt almost felt entitled. They were just like, you, you know, you're just gonna drop us like that. I'm like, I'm just, can I just through hike, please? Like, so, um, what was just, the can I can I tell you something, Kelly? Can yeah, I say okay. something? You you don't owe anybody anything. Nah, if you're high, if you're through hiking, you don't owe anybody anything. You just enjoy your hike. Like, that's seriously. the conclusion I came to. I was yeah. like, I'm not out here. I mean, I love making the videos for people because I know a lot of people have told me that it inspires them. Some people can't hike the trail, and so yeah. I'm I make the videos for those people. And I, but I also make the videos for me. This is a, this is like my journal. Like these are my memories. These are things I'm going to look at when I'm 80 years old and show my, you know, kids or whatever. Um, but you know, so I don't know. It's mm, YouTube's a strange place. It is. (laughs) Speaking of YouTube, we're getting, we're getting roasted a little bit by one of our Northern (laughs) friends, Buckley. He says down booties are for Southerners. Barefoot is for winter. Buckley. Is he from South Dakota or North Dakota? South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. It gets cold there. Unlike Kentucky. Yeah. But South Dakota, South Dakota, Southern, like North Dakota. It turns 32 degrees and they got shorts and a t-shirt on. (laughs) Probably. Actually, (laughs) you're probably not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> you're right you're hey, right hey doc doc watson want, wanted to put out here i didn't mind waiting for the videos oh well thank you doc i'm glad yeah. i mean like okay for the majority of people like understood but there were like those few people that were angry at me it was like i'm sorry that i'm sharing my life for free like yeah <laughs> right right I, I get that too you know like our channels are basically the same size like subscriber wise, I don't know about the views and all that, but, uh, you know, we get, we get these comments. I got one the other day. I won't spend too long on it, but they're like, how many times are you going to make this style of video? Like, I love the energy, but, uh, why don't you try something new or something like that? You know? And it was Mm -hmm. slightly aggressive, a little bit passive aggressive though. Mm-hmm. And I was like, passive aggressive. <laughs> it's annoying. So well, I, was see, like, I, I got, I got some comments that aren't even passive aggressive. It's like, dude, you're fat. You shouldn't be making hiking videos. <laughs> yeah, that's oh what they say. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I would love to say what? that that doesn't happen, but that's like, if you knew, like, that nobody ever sees them because the moment I see them, I just delete it. I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. And, you just gotta delete it. it. But yeah, like, you get those comments and you just have to kind of blow them off and be like, yeah. Yeah, because you, you have such a bad life that you have to make me feel bad to feel good about yourself, then I'm just going to delete the comment. So right. hit and that button and move on. You, uh, you Brooke want... Berry, who uh, hooked us up earlier with a really nice gift, uh, do not worry about others. Worry about yourself. Amen, That's the truth. Teacher. That's the yes. truth. I so we did have another agree. question for you from one of the people about the AT hike. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Johnny Tutarp, sorry I'm late to the stream, having hiked many sections of the AT in the southeast. Curious to know your favorite section in that region. Okay, the southeast. Uh, looks like it's like the south of the trail. Um, hmm. uh, I really liked the section around the Virginia Triple Crown. I had one of my most magical days when I, I hiked to McAfee Knob and then I watched the sunset at Tinker Cliffs. And I was completely, oh, wow. I was solo that day. Mighty Mouse had like fallen behind. So I was just kind of trekking on my own. And uh, when I got to McAfee Knob, there was a bunch of um, through hiker, pe- you know, friends that were there. So we hung out there 
And then um, like two or three of them made it to Tinker Cliffs that night too. And we all watched the sunset. And then we camped um, at this little campsite down. I forgot what the, what it was called, but it was by this river. And there's all these like section hikers there. It was like this group of ladies and they were hilarious. They were like singing us songs. I, they were, it was, it was so funny. I can't even explain it, but I fell asleep that night. There was a moon. I could hear the river. It was, it was such a good day. So that was probably like one of my favorite sections down there. McAfee Knob is one of those places I did. I did Kilimanjaro back in 2016, mm-hmm. but I'd never really done like real backpacking. That's kind of like entry level. Somebody else is carrying your really heavy stuff backpacking. Um, and one of the first hikes I did after that was to McAfee Knob. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, Ooh, I could, I could get used to this. Yeah. It's, it's so it's beautiful up beautiful. there. Beautiful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Buckley did make a comment about the shorts thing. He said, no shorts until the 50s. I'm not that tough. I do have hot feet syndrome. <laughs> so, so, um, in, a, in a serious question, though, in a serious question, um, being a nutritionist, how did your through hike affect your weight and diet? Uh, so I would like to say I like to be referred to as a registered dietitian. <laughs> oh, uh, that's okay. kind of it's my uh, it's a little bit of my pet peeve because like anybody <laughs> can be a nutritionist. Um, but anyway, that's just like my little side thing. Registered um, dietitian. Registered dietitian. I got you. We will yep. never ever call you a nutritionist again. Thank you. It's it's us dietitians' pet peeve because most people don't know the difference. Um, but anyway, there's there's a big difference. Uh, I don't, it, so people put you on this pedestal when you're a registered dietitian and think you just eat perfect and you're like a nutrition God. And when you're through hiking, nobody's that. I don't care what you say. You're going to eat some crap when you're out there. And I ate a lot of crap because I, and I started out trying to eat pretty healthy and I still try to make healthy choices, but you get hungry. I lost 20 pounds, y'all. I didn't know I had 20 pounds to lose. Wow. And so, and I was eating, man, I'd go into town and and clear 10,000 calories. Like we went to Outback one day and I got like the biggest steak they had, a mashed potato. I ate like two loaves of those bread. I mean, I was eating like a ridiculous amount of food. Um, So I think it kind of, I don't know if it helped. I don't think it really helped me or not. I mean, I knew what I was supposed to do, but it's so hard when you're out there and you're in the elements and you're hungry and somebody hands you a Coke and a Rice Krispie treat. I'm not going to say no. I'm never going to say no. <laughs> no. I was wondering, so, I was wondering what yeah. kind of crappy food that you were eating whenever you said that you were intaking crap. Oh, I, I eat everything. <laughs> I All food. I'll, I... <laughs> I eat any food. Well, the only thing I didn't eat was spam. I don't do spam. Ah, um, the processed what was the meat. other thing I didn't do? I oh, like the North sides. I never actually bought those myself because I've just never like. I don't eat that stuff in normal life mm-hmm. or ramen. I don't really eat ramen either. I only bought that a couple times. But like those are like the most popular backpacking foods. I didn't really ever eat that stuff. What was the? Can you kind of contrast how being a college athlete? Like your uh, your body, how it feels, body fat percentage, that kind of stuff, versus whenever you are ready to finish your through hike and you're in extremely good backpacking shape. Are there big differences between those in shapes and like how your body feels, how it looks, that kind of stuff? 
Yes, there was. So I was 14% body fat in my freshman year after preseason wow. in college basketball. I mean, I was like, that's really low in my life. Yeah. Uh, but back, I had a lot more muscle mass, mm-hmm. like upper body. I have big shoulders and I can, I can build muscle in my arms really easy. Mm-hmm. So I noticed on the AT, like, you know, you don't really use your arms that much. So my arms got really puny. But my legs are like a whole nother level of strong that they've never been. It's like a different type of strong. I don't know how to explain it because before trail and, you know, in basketball, you do a lot of squats. You do a lot of, you know, uh, Olympic style lifts because I was doing CrossFit too, uh, bodybuilding type lifting. And all that muscle gets turned into, is it type one? I always forget the type one, type two. It turns into like that endurance muscle. Mm -hmm. And so it's a more like almost leaner muscle. It's a light, it feels like a lighter muscle. It's not as like bulky. So that's kind of what I noticed. I was like a different type of ripped than I ever have been like after the trail. But I was also, I felt super beat up when I finished the trail. Like my feet hurt, my leg, everything was just so sore. So, uh, that was different because I feel like in basketball when I, well, it's been so long ago. It's been like 10 years. I'm old. I don't even remember how I felt. Like uh, I don't even want to talk about that right now. <laughs> John, we're the same age. John's a lot older than we are. Let's move on past that. Right <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So that makes you want to do uh, the PCT pretty close to ultralight, huh? So you're not taking yeah. such a pounding on the joints and the tendons and ligaments and all that. Yeah, because I feel it. Like, my knees hurt. They still hurt. I haven't been able, you know, like I said, I did CrossFit before the trail, and I haven't, I mean, I'm not doing that. Like, I can't physically do that. I just now started, it was about a month or two after the trail. I didn't really do much. I did yoga. I did a lot of stretching, which is something I didn't do on trail because I, I hate stretching. I'm not flexible at all. But I, I needed to do it after <laughs> the trail and I just would like walk, but my training for the PCT looks a lot different from the Appalachian trail. Cause before, like I said, I was doing CrossFit. Now I'm just focusing on getting steps in and I have a 30 pound weight lit weight vest that I asked for, for Christmas. And so I put that on, I did it before we got on this podcast and I did, there's a loop behind my neighborhood. That's a mile Today, I just did a mile, but I've been trying to do six to 10 miles a day, just getting steps in. I'm not really focusing. I'll lift weights like maybe two or three times a week, mm-hmm. but I'm really just focusing on like running, like just getting steps in. Well, that's what you're going to do when you go hiking. So that's that's the way to do it. That's what I figured, so, so. Got a couple questions for you real quick here. Okay. Go Dog Go says, hey, Kelly, is your mom or dad going to come to do a small <laughs> section of the PCT with you for a weekend? No. I wish, but heck no, neither of them. My mom, my mom, bless her heart. She wouldn't last two minutes on that trail. And my dad, he, he just wouldn't do it. He's, his idea of roughing it is staying at the Hampton Inn. So, (laughs) well, here's another question for you. Uh, Willow Waldron wants to know, did you find people frequently asking you for free advice or had you given your opinion or their meals uh, without you having offered? Uh, yeah. Well, as a registered dietitian, I get a lot of people asking me questions about nutrition. Like, I'll get people who message me like, I have diabetes and I want to through hike. Um, can you help me? 
And that is such a complex question. That's where you go. Yes. For about $150 an hour. Yeah, exactly. And you got this. And I, you know, I want to help people and I love nutrition. Like obviously it's my career, but that is such a complex question. And most of the questions that I would get were very complex. So I was like, you got some lab results. You got, you know, you have a, what you, I mean, it, it's like, we can schedule this later for a price, but you know, if people ask me like a little simple question and like, I'm, I'll give, you know, I'm going to, I want to help people as much as I can, but I also like, I have so much going on, you know, as it is, I have to be, I guess, smart with my time. Well, and for you also, because you're a dietitian, um, there's some legal issues for you. If you give somebody advice, like and right they could come at you with hey you told me to do this and so you, you kind of have to be careful with what you tell people don't you exactly and i think about that a lot too i mean i don't i've i do some meal planning or like a private practice stuff i'm i'm doing meal plans for a couple of people but when you start getting into mnt medical nutrition therapy you know people come with you come to you with like diabetes or you know uh IB, you know something that's like medical yeah, I mean, that's a liability on me. So, like I said, I mean, that's like a, a huge conversation. And I really have to tread lightly with that kind of stuff because I don't want to be given, well, this dietitian told me to do this and now this happened and it comes back to me somehow. So, yeah. Yep. Well, since you're a dietitian and you talk a lot about uh, just body functions and how things work, do you have a really good poop story from the AT? Because everybody in the comments is just dying <laughs> to hear a Kelly Hayes poop story. So, do you have a good one for us? Man, well, I will say I never pooped my pants on trail. So I guess I'm actually not really a through hiker because oh, wow. that's you like failed. a through hiker back. Yeah, I was really yeah. proud of myself because I thought that was for sure going to happen because I have really close calls in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like I almost pooped my pants at Planet Fitness the other day, y'all. It was a whole like I got home at the nick of time. It was scary. Um, I was like, I almost became a through hiker, not even on trail. Like, what is this? Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, uh, a poop story that happened to you. It could also be, uh, you're a fly on the wall, by the way. So I don't know if, okay. if there were any experiences in your trail family or anything like that that happened, but it's okay if, uh, you don't have any life changing poop moments. I mean, that I wish hurt. I did, but I can't think of any right now. And I feel like I'm going to remember something when I get done with this podcast, but I did have a lot of pleasant poops in privies. There yes. are some very well-maintained privies on trail and it's very surprising. And it, cause the ones at the beginning of the trail were every there's like it's very highly trafficked, like they're disgusting. Yeah. But once you get up north where everybody's already dropped off, you know, they got these nice privies with like real toilets and wood chips. And you go in there and it smells like actually good because it smells like wood chips. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah. So. I want to put wood chips in my bathroom. I know. I'm like, man, I wouldn't mind having a composting toilet in my house. Like, this man. isn't that bad. Nice cedar scent in my bathroom yeah. instead of the scent of male excrement. That would be really <laughs> nice. So, um, poison ivy poop story. Kelly's highly allergic to poison ivy. Any uh, Does that ring a bell with anything? Yeah, so I am very allergic to poison ivy. Um, there was one time at the beginning of the trail that I think I squatted down. 
and I had like a little line of poison ivy on my butt. Oh. And I finally was like, I was hiking with Grace, and I, I mean, I can't see back there, so I just like pulled my pants up, and I was like, "What is this?" And she took took a picture of it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's poison ivy <laughs> on the buttocks." And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I was really careful, but I I I was I knew I'm very allergic to poison ivy coming in the trail, so I was very careful where I squatted, especially in the summer. I'm like you when it comes to poison ivy. If I'm downwind from it, I I'm afraid I'm going to get it. It just doesn't Man, matter. It seems like I can allergic. always get it. Yeah, I will tell you, and I want to share this with you. I somebody commented on one of my YouTube videos like way back, and they told me about Eric's Pharmacy. It's called Poison Ivy Prevention, and it's twenty dollars. And I said I'm gonna try it. Basically, it's like a homeopathic thing to take, so it can prevent you from getting poison ivy. And it comes in three vials. You take one one week, and then you wait a week. You take it the same time you took the other one, and you do that for like three weeks. So I did that before the Appalachian Trail. I never once on the trail got like a huge breakout. Like I got that little, normally if I get anything like two days later, I'm covered and it's bad. I'm on steroids. I never did that, got that on trail. So I think that stuff worked because I've never, ever gone on a backpacking trip where there's been poison ivy and not gotten it. So. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'll tell you what, we are, we are at 58 minutes right now. So what we want to do is give you the opportunity to let people know how they can find you on your social networks, on YouTube. You want to just let everybody know what's going on? Yeah. So I, uh, my YouTube channel is Kelly Hayes Hikes. Instagram's Kelly Hayes 23. <clears throat> I also have a TikTok that I don't really like TikTok. I don't watch TikTok, <clears throat> but I've been making like one minute little TikToks. Um, and they've been like really, uh, taken off <laughs> so uh tiktok's kelly hayes 232 i think and then i also have a patreon that i just recently started and um you can pledge a certain amount of money a month to help support my through hikes and um me fake making vlogs really like all the money i make on youtube and patreon goes back into my youtube channel because Y'all, it's like, it's expensive to do this stuff. Like SD cards, you know, your phone. I mean, there's so many things. Uh, But on Patreon, I post, I'm sending everybody who does that um, an AT postcard with a handwritten thank you note. And then I'm also posting like uh, extra behind the scenes videos, stuff about my gear. And just like, it's kind of like a blog with a mosh pod of stuff. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, there were a lot of other questions in here. We weren't able to get to all of them. And I feel bad Miyagi put a good question there at the end, but I will let you go on there afterwards and you can read the questions. And if you feel like answering them, you can. If you don't feel like answering them, you don't have to. Um, But uh, thank you for being on tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, it's a good time. It was good to have you on here. We always say it's the quickest hour of the week. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. I could I'm, go for another. There we go. Well, <laughs> well then, then we here's, a question. here's a question for you. When you get done with the PCT, can we get you back on here? For sure. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, hang around in the green room for just a few minutes. Okay. We'll like, talk to you for just a couple minutes after we get done. Sounds but, good. But uh, we'll, we'll see you in just a few. Thanks for being on. Sounds good. Thank you all. That was great, man. That was great. It's good to have another Southerner on here. I'll tell you, man, it is nice to hear an accent that matches up with yours a little bit, Jeremiah. Chicago, Arkansas. I'll tell you, though, from being from Arkansas, her accent is not as thick as yours. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything to comment on that. 
<laughs> so, Jeremiah, what do we got coming up in the next few weeks here? Uh, well, we have uh, a live stream a week from today, and it appears that we're having Papa Bear on. Ah, Papa Bear Hikes. Actually, a fellow podcaster. I got a chance to be on his podcast, I guess it was this past year. Uh, really nice guy. Looking forward to having him on here and chatting a little bit. Uh, this, this, These live streams are just fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys realize how much we just enjoy getting on here and just chatting it up with people. It's like a really fun excuse to hang out with a bunch of backpackers. So uh, it's a good definitely way to, looking forward to the next one. What's what, that? I said it's a great way to start the week. You know, you get Monday, you're done, you wrap it up with a nice live stream at the end of the day. And then, uh, you know, it just puts the cherry on top of the Sunday. That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking. <laughs> We will catch you on the next one. Yeah, adios.